The following podcast is a She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com production. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg, and I am the creator and founder of She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com, your self care and mindset resource. If you are listening to this, thank you because you are committed to investing in your own personal growth and development, and I appreciate you being a contributor to this community. My intention is to consistently share valuable information and lessons to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Achieving fulfillment starts with taking the first step, and you're doing it. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Sydney. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me on the She Did It podcast. And for all of your continuous support, you are on a journey to fulfillment and I am grateful for each and every one of you. If you are finding these episodes valuable, please go ahead and rate and review the She Did It podcast. I would be so grateful. Again, um, I love seeing all of your feedback. It means the absolute world to me. So let's talk about today's episode because today we are talking about women supporting women in business, and I guess just in life in general, the competitiveness, where it stems from, and how to gain confidence as an entrepreneur. I am joined by Erica and Karina. Karina Glover is the founder of her headquarters and the definition of a girl boss. I don't want to spoil her story, and I usually tell more about who I'm speaking with in this intro, but she does such a good job at telling everybody about what she does and she and so does Erica so I don't want to spoil anything so I'm going to let them do it but I am completely inspired by both of them they are badass entrepreneurs with an incredible mindset and the gift of confidence their goal is to work and serve women building empires you are going to love them so let's dive in welcome Karina and Erica I'm so excited to have you here today on the she did it podcast thank you for having us thank you yeah Absolutely. You are doing some incredible things. And I'm so grateful that we connected because I'm really inspired by all of your work. So would you each go ahead and tell us a little, little bit about yourselves? Um, so I'm Erica. I am uh, the user experience coordinator at her headquarters. Um, we started, um, it's been about 20 months or so in the process of Karina getting going with the company, um, just getting things rolling. And then I hopped in um, about nine months ago in January. Um, and then we kind of just um, went from there, started going from there. Yeah. Um, I'm Karina. I'm the founder of Her Headquarters. I actually live in Omaha, Nebraska. And kind of like Erica said, we actually officially launched in May of this year. And Prior to launching, I had been working on the company for close to about, yeah, 20 months to two years, um, really taking the steps to build the brand and to really learn the needs of our users to have a successful launch of the company, um, but more so to really be able to impact women entrepreneurs in the way that they want it to be impacted. I think that that's incredible. So what's the story behind her headquarters? How did it start? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny. That's always a challenging question because I think it was it was a two part start. But um, yeah. I would say that I originally uh, coming out of college, I was in the event planning business, and um, 
that journey really redirected me to her headquarters. During the time of me owning an event planning business, I really learned a lot with it being my first business and as a first-time business owner. Um, but one of the things I learned the hard way through a couple of unexpected setbacks and failures was that you cannot be successful alone. Um, and I didn't really know that at an early age and as a first-time entrepreneur. And um, once I really learned the value of brand partnerships and collaborating, then I really started to see how challenging it was for women to secure partnerships. Um, and the more I you know, did events with women, rather they were my clients or rather we were partnering together um, and I was hiring or you know, outsourcing, using them as a contractor for you know, an event space or for um, their catering services, I realized that other women entrepreneurs across the country saw the value in partnering, but they had a lot of challenges in securing quality partnerships with other business owners. And so it was like, as my business was taking off, I kind of came more disconnected with it, to be honest. And I really felt that I was supposed to be doing something bigger um, and specifically working with and serving women, but I hadn't really discovered how. So mm -hmm. one night, just really clearly the idea came to me, you know, I'll fix this problem. Not only did I want to make securing brand partnerships um, easier for women entrepreneurs and allow them to scale their businesses through this platform, but I really wanted to change the image and the narrative of women who use partnerships to grow their businesses. Um, and literally overnight when the idea came to me the next day, I was working on this business and you know, creating notes and coming up with a plan and kind of really outlining what will this company look like? What will this product look like? And how can I make it successful? That's incredible. And I love that you just took action because I'm actually very similar. So I started um, a marketing agency when I was 20. So that was five years ago. And I do enjoy it. And I have there's different, it's grown a lot, but I still didn't feel fully fulfilled. And that's when I started the She Did It podcast and the blog and the community to really make an impact. And one night it just came to me, just like you said, and then the next day it was all up and running and I took action. And I think that's a huge part of this. And that just shows that you're a really great leader um, for this company. And, and I think that it's really difficult to just get up and start a business. Taking action is the most difficult part, in my opinion. So what do you think is the, is the toughest part of entrepreneurship? Yeah. And it's funny that you said, you know, you had a similar situation because I think sometimes yeah. when I tell people like um, it literally just came to me, I feel sometimes like self-conscious about saying that because I feel like it makes me sound crazy or they're like, what do you mean oh. it just came to you? Um, I'm like, no, literally, like it just came to me. And I felt so strongly about it immediately that I knew that it was something that not only did I want to do, but I knew that I needed to do it. Um, but I would say the hardest part about starting a business for me, at least with her headquarters, is that I was transitioning from one industry to a completely different one. Um, you yeah. know, growing up and, and even in college, you know, when I saw the future of you know, me professionally, it wasn't anything related to tech. It was nothing related to women. It was all event planning. It was moving to California. You know, I was that person who thought that I had my life figured out and um, I knew exactly what I was going to, to be doing and how I was going to be successful. And it's okay that that changed because it changed and redirected me to something bigger and more powerful and more importantly, um, more impactful. But it was hard for me because I went from an industry where I 
knew what I was doing, where I was um, basically a pro. Like I could plan the biggest event um, in history in my sleep. Like I was really, really good at it to here I am with this new calling that was completely unexpected. Um, and now I'm having to build this new business and it was kind of intimidating because there was a lot of skill sets and experiences and funding that I needed to start the transition to, into her headquarters that I didn't have. So I think if anything, I felt like I didn't know where to start. And I think that's what stops people from actually acting. Not that they don't want that dream, not that they don't want, um, you know, to act out on their business, but they don't actually know the steps to take in the order to take them. Yeah, I can agree with that too. I think that the thought of even starting a business or, you know, you have an idea one, a lot of people have ideas, but they just don't do anything about it. They're like, oh, it's just an idea because the thought of it can be overwhelming. But in my opinion, when you break it down and you actually write down a plan and you break down each part of that plan into actionable steps, it becomes more uh, attainable. It's something that you can actually go after and it's, it can be very difficult. And um, so it's amazing that you went and you did this. And so when you first started, what was the first step that you took? Like you had this idea, it sparked in your mind you started it the next day but like how did you how did you start like how did you start getting the name out how did you start connecting with people like what was I know there's a lot of people listening who have an idea or something that they want to do in life and like you said and like I said that first step is tough so what did you do that's yeah. kind of a loaded question <laughs> um I would say the first thing that I did was I didn't make it about me um I think that even at the earliest stage, in order to have a successful business, it has to be about you serving someone else in some way, shape or form, whether it's a product, whether it's a service. And so I had to figure out, um, you know, my first step was, who do I want to serve? Women entrepreneurs, that's such a broad, you know, that's a that's a big group, you know, is, is that women in the automotive industry? Is that women in the PR industry and in the beauty industry? Is that um, women in the education field? Is that coaches? Like, so I really have to figure out who do I want to serve? Why do I want to serve them? And then how can I start talking to them to get their feedback on not so much of what to do first, um, but to figure out what exactly they want? Because I think that if you are focused on, um, and I always call the customers or your users or your clients, whatever word you use, um, whoever is consuming your product or your service, I consider them your boss. Because if you're listening to them, then you will have a growing business. You will have a product that's sailing, that's selling, and you will have a product that's or, or a service or a business that's expanding. But if you're making it about you, then all your decisions are coming from a place of assumptions versus a place of this is what they want and this is how I know that they want it. Um, and so I just started talking to women entrepreneurs. You know, this is what I think is a problem. But do you actually experience this problem? You know, how often do you actually collaborate? And what does that process look like when you do try to secure these brand partnerships? Um, how often do you try to secure them? Like, I really just wanted to start with understanding what their experience looked like, because I knew that that would give me credibility. And then after that, um, one thing that I've noticed a lot of entrepreneurs do is that everyone thinks their idea is genius. Um, and they think it's so genius that they are afraid to share their ideas with people. And very rarely do you have someone who has a genius idea with the money to support it, with the skill sets to build it completely by themselves, and all the 
very rarely do you have someone who has everything that you need to just make a product or a company skyrocket by yourself that I've never seen it happen before. So you have to share that idea with people so you can get connected to the right people who have access to the resources or the talents or, or the capital that you need to actually grow and get beyond the idea stage. Um, and I, I think it's a balance of um, a, a key thing is discernment. You have to be able to know who you can trust and who you can't trust and who you should share your ideas with. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. It's, it's funny, I was, uh, Eric and I went to the Girl Boss Rally this past um, summer and I talked to a lot of women and, and one woman, she stands out to me so much. She kept saying, I have this idea and millions of people can use it, but I'm afraid to share the idea with people. I said, well, can you execute this and take this from idea to product that's successful by yourself? And she said, no. I said, well, then you need to share the idea with someone that can help you and get the ball rolling. Um, and so that was the first thing that I did. You know, I started talking to people mm -hmm. about my idea. Of course, I didn't tell them the ins and outs. And really, it, I was too early in that stage. But I really started to talk to people and figure out who, who else should I be talking to? Rather, it's a potential mentor. Rather, that's a, you know, an accelerator program. Rather, that's another woman entrepreneur that's experienced this problem. My first step was to learn. I and think I, that's so valuable, so important. Yeah, and also I want to hear Erica's perspective because outside of yeah, working at her headquarters, Erica also has her own bakery. So, yes, um, do. what do you? What would you say, Erica? Um, that, that was actually funny. You say that really quickly because I wanted to actually ask Erica that because I think Erica and I spoke on the phone or like oh, when was that? Like a month ago, Erica for like an hour, and we started talking about what you were doing, and you. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is incredible. Like, you have to share your story because what you're doing is just it's, it's so inspiring. Like, I, and I, I remember on the phone, I was like, okay, now you need to open an Instagram, you need to start recording <laughs> yourself, like, like decorating everything, because like, I'm obsessed with it. So tell everyone your story, because I think it's just so it's amazing. Well, thank you. Um, I am from a really small town in Nebraska um 700 people and that's completely what I grew up around um and I've always you know really loved to bake and um it was actually my great grandma that got me started in that I've been baking with her ever since I was little and then um as she got older I kind of realized I didn't want what she had taught me to go to waste um so I started teaching myself and experimenting with different um with different recipes, whether it be cookies, cakes, um, bread, whatever. And I realized I really liked cupcakes. So then I kept experimenting with that. And then when I was 13, um, my aunt actually asked me to bake for her wedding, which I was like, I was so nervous because she didn't, there was no plan B. She didn't have a cake. She didn't have anything else lined up. Like it was just my cupcakes. And I remember we were on the way to the wedding with my parents and I was in the car just so nervous. Like every time we would hit a bump or anything, I was like, oh my gosh, please don't let them get ruined. Um, but they were hit. There was not a single one left. Um, everyone just fell in love with them. And kind of after that, um, orders just started pouring in. I, did, I didn't even mean for it to happen. It just happened right on its own. And, um, and I couldn't be happier. You know, I, I absolutely love um, what I do. And that's when, when I went to school, I go to school in Omaha now, and that's actually where I met Karina, was she came to speak at one of the clubs I'm in, and I instantly fell in love with the idea of her headquarters. I loved everything behind it. Um, 
And Karina is absolutely amazing. And she is so confident in what she does. And, and it, it inspires me to be confident. Um, and being from a small town, we're very traditional. So everything's done in kind of a traditional way. Um, but I've always been someone that, that um, really wanted to see women entrepreneurs soar, especially because I started a business um, so, at 13, basically. Yeah, at 13, which I'm <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm 20 now. Good. Um, um, and so then when Karina gave me the opportunity to come onto the team, I was ecstatic. I was beyond words. I remember I called my dad and I was just shaking. I never even told you this. I was just shaking in my car. I was so excited. I could not stop talking about it. Like, um, her headquarters is just amazing. And what we do, I feel like is so incredibly important because it's something that hasn't been done before. Um, and I love seeing the way that women, um, their the experiences that they gain from it and the um the connections and everything like that it just it just makes me so excited so i think that's incredible that first of all that you started a business at 13 years old and you just kept going and going and going and it's turned into what it has today and it's so inspiring that you guys met and that you are working so well together and trying to help other women and you know today there are so many women entrepreneurs and for some reason women aren't always supportive of other women. So I want to know why you guys think that is because here we are talking the three of us, three entrepreneurs and we get along really well and we're supportive of each other and we want to help each other. But in the real world, it's like a majority of women are just so, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is to be honest. I'm curious to know what your opinion is. I think a large um, reason could be intimidation, the intimidation factor. Um, we've kind of been raised in a society where um, that's just how you're taught to learn and taught to like how to know things. And um, seeing someone that's so powerful and is doing something that's so amazing with women specifically, um, I think it, it you're almost scared because you're afraid that I don't know, it's not going to go how you planned or just scared to even try because you don't want to get shut down or something like that. So I think it's a big intimidation factor. Mm -hmm. I think that we have been conditioned. Um, I think it's a societal problem, not mm -hmm. just a women entrepreneurs problem, um, because I, I think in order for society to reach this point where there is a, a, a mass issue with the problem, there has to be a mass issue within thousands of individuals and those issues started in the home and i think that um we have been condi conditioned for a really long time to have this perspective that men are you know to be the leaders and men are to be to be the successful ones um and you know if you are a woman who falls into that category you are almost you know the um, you're rare or, you know, we're not conditioned to see multiple women in positions of leadership. Um, we haven't been conditioned to see multiple women where it's the norm of, you know, women being in the lead. Um, and just an example, just recently, Inc. Magazine had the, the first pregnant woman, visibly pregnant woman on the cover of their magazine. And I thought, okay, that's great, but why is this even something that's a conversation? Why is that not the norm? You know, women in leadership positions um, are pregnant all the time. And while I admire um, that they were, you know, the first to take that step, I didn't like that it was so 
just like that's the norm, you know. Like, why is it taking so right. long yeah. to, for this to just now be happening? Yeah. Um, and so I just think that the ways that we can do better is shifting the conversation um, and, and making women being in leadership positions, whether they're CEOs or executives, making that the norm um, and also making it known that you can cheer someone else on and be inspired by somebody who's doing better than you. Um, and I think it's a perspective thing. Sometimes, you know, we might see another woman who may be three steps ahead in her journey. Um, and instead of finding a way to be inspired, we automatically shift, not we, but, you know, some women automatically shift to, um, like Erica said, intimidation or jealousy versus, wow, what she's doing is really inspiring to me. Um, I wonder if she's willing to mentor me or I wonder if I look deep enough into her story, what inspiration I can find. So I think it's a, a societal issue and a perspective issue as well. I completely agree with that. And I find it so interesting because, and I, I agree, I think it's a lot of it is intimidation and, and how we were brought up. And um, I think a lot of it is also social media where people are intimidated of what they, and this, I guess this applies to women and men, but they're intimidated by what they see on other people's profiles. And that creates bad feelings where instead, you know, we need to talk about it more and we need to, um, you know, I'll put it out there that there's so much that can be learned from other people. Women can learn from other women. And it's so important to actually reach out to people where you might gain that inspiration, like you said, and that could take you even further. And you never know what anyone is in when I, when I bring up social media, I mean, you only see sometimes what's going on on the outside. And I think sometimes that causes more friction. Um, but you never know what anyone has going on behind closed doors. And it's always important to take a chance to get to know someone before you judge them. And I think it's so important to support other women because it's a tough, it's tough being a woman entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. I mean, in, in light, it, it's just tough. And I find it interesting because I did a post recently or I sent an email. I was looking for some feedback on something and for my business. And I got over 300 responses from just one. It was in a Facebook group from just one Facebook group from all of these women. And I set up a call with every single one of those women and they were so supportive and it, it wasn't my business. It was my, for my podcast, they were so supportive and they had such incredible stories that I would have never known if I didn't pick up the phone and actually speak to them. Because from the outside, some of them, it seemed like, oh, maybe this person's superficial, or I don't know if they really have a good story. And instead of just, you know, going through and judging them that way, I actually got on the phone with them. And when you really get to know people, it makes such a difference. And it, it you never know what opportunities can come from it. Like you said, mentorship, or there's just so much out there to learn from one another and um the times are changing and i think that you know it's important for people to start building relationships with other women in a more positive way yeah and you kind of touch on something i was going to say i think um women supporting women obviously is very important but i think what's more important is it not being a trend and it being authentic um you know very authentic um, because I think that there are a lot of people and brains who are jumping on this bandwagon of, you know, 
women supporting women and women's empowerment, but behind closed doors, there's not, um, they're not sincere and, and they don't live the lifestyle. Cause I think from, in my opinion, if you really support women, that will be evident in your lifestyle, not just on social media. Um, and so for the women that took the time to talk to you, just to share their feedback with you, like that's an example of a lifestyle action. You know, it went beyond social media. It went beyond a cute hashtag in an article. And so that's, those are the women that I really aspire to be around. Um, those who are incorporating the support of women in their everyday lifestyle, whether it's just, you know, you seem like you're kind of going through a lot, you know, pulling someone to the side and saying, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Um, it's, it's taking the time to, you know, help your woman entrepreneur friend who's just getting started and she's hit her first rough passion business and she just needs some extra support. It's a girl's night, you know, it's, it's the little bitty things yeah. it's beyond social media. And I think that's what, um, a lot of people who are in the deep end of this cliche term don't see that. I agree. Do you think social media is making it worse or do you think it's making it better? I, I feel like it almost, I feel like it not balances each other out, but um, kind of, kind of takes away because you, on one end you have um, the, the people who are using social media as a movement and are actually acting on that rather than just hiding behind their screen, but saying they're doing something about it. But then you also have this, um, the side of social media where they're tearing that all down. So I feel like when one moves forward, one knocks it back down, mm -hmm. you know? I kind of agree. Um, I think that social media can make you numb to certain things because, you know, even just with the simple, going with the most simple um, example of just the hashtag, you know, like we get so used to hashtags that we sometimes are not even, we don't even recognize them anymore. And it makes us numb to certain things, whether they're good or whether they're bad. But I also think right. that for, you know, the brands and the individuals and the influencers who are very intentional and leave a lifestyle of supporting women, even behind the scenes, social media right. can be used to really influence others to like take, take a deeper look and really could inspire them to do better um, in the ways that maybe they have done poorly. So I see the pros and the cons, but I think, you know, you're going to get pros and cons of anything related to social media mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm going to tell a controversial story actually right now I use an example this example of this uh, friend of mine that I have a lot uh, because it's very relevant but I have a friend who's super she's very uh, she's she's very self-absorbed I don't know if she's going through something because she, she wasn't always like this but she's very into herself and like constantly has to tell you you know how great she is and how beautiful she is and how every guy wants her and and that whole deal so um, my boyfriend and I have a, a, a timeshare in Colorado and this past spring we took a bunch of friends and, um, she, we asked her if she wanted to come with and she did. And we were there and all she cared about was, was taking photos and, you know, because my business is, I have, you know, my podcast, my blog, but I also have my marketing agency, but because, you know, I have my marketing stuff and I'm constantly doing social media. I needed this week to be a break and I wanted to ski and I wanted to have fun. We were in Aspen. It was beautiful. And, um, she, it, every other second it was, can you take a photo of me? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, at first I was like, yeah, of course I'll take a few photos. And then after a while it just turned into like, 
I was the bad guy because I said, can we take photos later or can we limit it to like one a day? Yeah. And it got to a point. Like, can we be present and not worried about being seen? Right. And now here's what's interesting is that it got to a point where she got mad at me when I when I said, I can't keep doing this. I want to enjoy the present moment. And she said, you're just jealous that I'm building a brand. And I know you don't want me to post because you don't want me to get attention. And I was like, what? So she went and hired a photographer. Wow. Now we ended- Do I have a trip? <laughs> yes. Wow. So we ended up talking things out and it was fine. I don't think she, I think she's going through something. Like I said, she was not always like this. This is like a new thing that's going on with her. I don't know what's going on, but it's the fact that here I wanted to bring, we brought all of our friends together to go and do something fun. Pictures are fine here and there, but then for me, for her to tell me that I don't support her and I don't want her to post because I don't want her to get attention. It's so interesting and fascinating to me because I had been telling her for months, I want to help you grow your business. And like, here's what you should do. You need to do this, 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 and that. And that's a prime example of the world that we're kind of living in where women kind of assume that other women don't support other women, even our closest friends. And I think the best way that we can make a change is to actually talk about it. So is the reason I said it's controversial is because it's kind of a negative situation, but she is a friend of mine and we're both aware of the situation and have moved forward, but it's important to talk about these things and share these examples so people can also realize like, hey, whatever we're, our, our beliefs are, they're not necessarily true, first of all. And it's important to take a step back, look at the situation, remember what you can learn from other women, support other women the best you can, respect other women. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you have better relationships. I right. totally agree. 100%. I mean, it's just, it's, it's very interesting to see, you know, how people are online and then what they post in their captions. Just like you said, we all, we almost become numb to it. And then it's, it's what you do in real life that actually matters. Yeah. Lord. So, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a little bit crazy. The, the part that bothered me was just like the fact that she didn't think that I was being supportive of her when obviously like my whole my podcast is called she did it like I I, I interviewed <laughs> like like women and I want I wanted her on the podcast like I have men on the podcast too but um because I'm supportive of everybody but it's just interesting and I always wonder like why where did this mentality come from like why do people think this way like why do our communication skills suck and how can we get better yeah, Sydney, you just kind of, I was thinking this when, when you um, were telling the story of you and your friend, um, what I heard wasn't so, and, and maybe they're kind of related in some way, shape, or form, but, you know, when she implied that um, maybe, you know, you were just jealous, I didn't see it that way. I heard an insecurity, and um, that kind of brings me back to the question you asked earlier, like, you know, why do we have trouble um supporting each other. Sometimes I don't even think it's the other person. Sometimes I don't think it's, you know, um, if that person, you know, mistreated you in the past, or if that person, you know, really didn't work hard to earn what they got from that person's perspective. You know, I sometimes I think it's just that some people are in a place of insecurity so deep that they don't realize that the issue is them. They maybe don't see that. um, Maybe they can have that too, but they 
you know, there's something that's stopping them and holding them back from believing that they can have it or something that's holding them back from believing that they deserve success too and that they deserve happiness too in any way, shape, right. or form that comes. And so, um, you know, I think it's a societal problem, but for, I think a lot of women, we sometimes, we're used, not everyone, but a lot of women have this issue with putting them last. And so we we see these women who put their happiness first and, you know, put their, you know, they, they didn't hesitate and they weren't shy about pursuing success and pursuing a business or a career. And then sometimes you have women who maybe, you know, didn't grow up in an environment where they were allowed to grow um, and that stayed with them. And so then they have trouble supporting someone who is where they wish they could have been. Um, and sometimes you have to realize that it's not you. Sometimes it's really them. Yeah, no, you bring up uh, the- like these are very, very true points, and I think it's really eye-opening. And you are such you see, as Erica said, you seem you are a very confident person, and it comes across that way too. So, what are some of your best confidence tips for women? Because you're right that I think a lot of it comes from insecurity, and all of us have our own insecurities. I have my own. I have a lot of insecurities, you know, and I, I'm constantly working on them, and I practice mindfulness and being aware, but. Um, I'm also confident in what, what I'm doing and it seems like you're the same way. So how can women become more confident in themselves? I think that we attract what we focus on. Um, so if all we're thinking about is negative things, I really believe that we attract negative things. And so, you know, if you can pull a hundred women into a room and you can ask them all, you know, what's something you don't like about themselves? And they could probably give you 10 things and you only ask for one. Um, but I think a lot of women would have trouble with saying 10 things that they love about themselves. And I think that we need to get to a place where we're not so much focusing on what's wrong with us or what our flaws is, but we have to be able to acknowledge the things that make us great, acknowledge what you have that a lot of people don't have. Um, and, and really, I think everyone has a, a voice, you know, when you're thinking to yourself, you know, what does that voice sound like? Is, is that a voice that's saying, you know, you're stupid for everything and you can do this? Or is that a voice that's saying, you know, you know what, you can do this. It might be hard, but I think that you can do it. And I, and I, and I know that you can. Um, so being aware of what's feeding you, um, being aware of your circle, um, because no matter who you have around you, in some way, shape or form, they're going to be influencing you. So are they influencing you to be the best version of yourself? Or are they encouraging you um, directly or indirectly to stay stagnant? So the best way to, I think to be confident is to really shift your focus and, and as best as you can start the process of shifting your perspective and, and being aware, you know, of in the smallest way, what makes me great. Um, and knowing what you want for yourself um, and the life that you want to live or the life that you want to transform into and not allowing anyone into your space that does not reflect the new place that you're trying to be in. Um, and I always tell people, especially friends, you know, who might be going through hard times, I tell them to write a letter to themselves, a love letter to themselves. And, and it oh, sounds, I just think, did you? Yeah. Some people think it's yeah. weird. Like, no, like, oh, no, it's know, not. Yeah. Like we think it's weird. We can, we can, uh, you know, we can say all the great things about the person that we're in love with or our best friend or our favorite celebrity, but right. you should be able to say to yourself, you know, dear Karina or dear Erica, dear Sydney, you know, 
You are amazing because, and if you have to read that letter every single day, then do it till you believe it and you no longer have to read it. Um, and I think it's really, a, a lot of women, it's so sad, they struggle with their confidence. And, and it's not even so much them not wanting to be confident, but they've been in an environment that, that did not allow them to blossom for so long that they think that they can never be great. They think that they can never be beautiful. They think that they can never be successful and they think that can never be worthy. But um, I don't know if I can say this or not, but just to be honest with you, I feel like when God created all of us, he created us with a very specific vision and something great that only we could do. Um, and that alone gives me confidence. Like God thought the world needed me. How amazing is that? I think that's amazing. I think I agree with what you're saying. And um, I think that we all have our own unique qualities and we need to take advantage of that and tap into that. And once we start doing uh, what we're meant to do what we feel in our gut feeling and we focus on uh, what seems right for us, we end up feeling more fulfilled and happier, which leads to confidence. And we start following through on our commitments to ourselves. And, and that leads to more confidence. And um, it's a process and it's not easy. But I think that looking at things from a different angle and perspective is really everything. And it takes hard work every single day to do that, especially if you have so many limiting beliefs, but it is so worth it. So I I appreciate you sharing all of that. And I think that that this has been that everyone listening, I always say this, if something's really valuable, but everybody should write that down, write a love letter to yourself and, and follow your tips because it works and it's true. And, um, I'm a big believer. So what is one that thing? Me? Yes. I would say self-awareness and knowing what your triggers are, whether they're good or they're bad, will really, really help build your confidence. Because if, if you, um, like knowing, you know, when, when you think about when you're your happiest, there's usually a trend. Is it, you know, are you your happiest after you work out? Are you at your happiest after you spent the day with your family? You know, after you um, did some self-care, knowing, acknowledging, um, you know, what are the trends in my happiest moments? And then in the moments when I feel down and I feel low, there's a trend in those things as well. Um, and if you can be aware of the trends that lead to your happiness and the, th and the trends that lead to you feeling overwhelmed or sad or down or, you know, whatever other negative feelings that you don't want to feel anymore, um, make the changes that you need to make so that you can feel happiness as much as possible. And that means taking control of the things that you allow in your space, the people that you allow in your space, the, the shows and music that you listen to. Like, it's going to... Confidence, I think also, you know, going hand in hand with, you know, um, women supporting women being a lifestyle. I think confidence is a, is a lifestyle and you have to make changes to acquire that type of confidence and happiness. And you have to make a decision to stay committed to that lifestyle in order to have it and keep it versus having it for a moment and it disappearing. I really like the way you put that, that confidence is a lifestyle. That's such a good way of looking at it. And I'm all about perspective. And I think everything you said is such great and actionable advice that people can begin to implement today. And it can, you could look back a year from now and, and you could be living a totally different life. You just have to take the proper steps to do so. And, um, and I think that success and happiness comes from believing in yourself. And when you believe in yourself, you can get to the next level so everybody should do what what you just mentioned and I want to know what is one thing that you want everyone to take away from this episode I'm gonna let Erica answer first 
I would say, um, don't be afraid to do it. Just um, whatever your idea is, or maybe it's a goal that you have, or maybe it's some change you want to make or whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be just entrepreneurial wise. Um, just start taking the steps. Don't be afraid. Just know that there's always going to be somebody um, that will be by you and be behind you and want to support you and want to be there for you. Um, you just have to find that right person wherever that may be, but just don't be afraid to take that leap because you never know how great, um, the reward may be at the end. And, um, in along with that, you may also find someone in yourself that you didn't know was in there. Um, so just, just going for it, I think is, is huge. Me and Erica think alike. <laughs> um, I would say, I would kind of second that. I would say that I've never met a single person that ever regretted trying, but I've met a million people that regretted not trying. Um, so mm-hmm. everything doesn't have to look perfect. You don't have to have all the money in the world. You don't have to have your plan mapped out from A to Z. All you need is the idea that you have and the, and, and the belief in yourself that you can do it. And that's the greatest starting point. A lot of people have this misconception that they need everything figured out just to start. And really in the beginning, what you have is enough. You just need to believe in yourself and just, just start. Because either of that, the work will be done, the work to build something and make it a success or, you know, the work that it takes to um, try to create a life of somewhat happiness because you didn't pursue your dreams before. But either way, you're going to have to work. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's so true. I I couldn't agree more. I feel like we're all on the same page with this. And I just want to tell you how amazing this has been to have you on the show. She did a podcast and I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes. But before we leave, would you let everyone know where they can find you guys? This is for the people who don't look at the show notes. Yeah. Um, so we're pretty consistent. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, everything is her headquarters, all one word um, with an S at the end. So you can find us on any social media platform. And then if you just have any questions or you want to connect with us, you want to partner with us, you just wanted to share your two cents, um, you can send us an email at info at herhq.app. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much, Karina and Erica. This has been amazing and so so much fun, so valuable. I cannot wait for everyone to hear it and take a difference together.